0: Where is InsurTech headed next? This is where Indie Agents own the answer. Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. Let's go. Welcome back to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast where we talk all things insuretech and the future of the Indie Agent channel. Today I have some very special guests, not one, but three people joining us to have a pretty exciting conversation about the how would I put this the reimagination of Vertifor through uh platforming, creating a new foundation, modernizing Vertifor's technology, and uh who we're doing it with and why we chose that partnership. So um, with that, let me do some quick intros before we get into the meat of things here. We have the one and only Jace Hopper, who is our VP of product management and really head strategy around our large agents and brokers. Jace, welcome. How you doing, man?
1: Good, thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun being here.
0: Good
1: awesome.
0: Awesome. August uh, Butterbrot is joining us today as well. He is the director of product management heads up uh, Risk match and Refcon, two of our more popular solutions, as well as really brainstorming around the strategy of, of data management and centralization here at Verta4. August, how you doing?
2: Good, Sid, good to, good to talk to you.
0: Awesome. And we have Ralph Severini here as well. Uh, Ralph is the global leader for insurance alliances at AWS. And I am not going to do his story justice. I, I promise you I am, I'm a rookie here when it comes to uh, the technology. Um, so Ralph, if you could give us a little bit on on your background and who you are and what you do over at uh, Amazon.
3: Yeah, Sydney, uh, great to be here and uh, great to share the, uh, the mic with you, so to speak, at this point in time. Um, and great to be partners with verna so all the, a lot of greats here to begin with i'm glad to be here yeah so quick my quick background is and i have probably more gray hair than most of you um on the other end of the line here so um i've been with aws three and a half long years but well over three decades in the financial services and technology industry and uh been both on both sides both on the pure tech and both in, on the insurance side, I've been a broker, uh, underwriter, start, started at, a, uh, at the low end of the ladder and probably ended at the very highest end of the commercial ladder. So, you know, just re- really a hybrid kind of person and love the industry and really um, really would like to see us advance into the into the next decade and um, what we can do best together. So that's a little bit about me, Sydney.
0: Wonderful, I appreciate that. August, um, maybe you could give us a deep dive Uh, around just how you came to Vertifor and what piqued your curiosity in data because when I think about the data (sighs) guy at Vertifor your name is synonymous
2: right um yeah it's interesting I came to Vertifor about two years ago I spent almost 10 years in telecommunications um, worked for a very large uh, TV content provider and I held a lot of different roles I um, started out in IT handling a lot of the data infrastructure and tech stacks for different lines of business. And then I actually went over to marketing and managed all of their MarTech stack and a lot of it had to do with how we handle data to target and acquire um, new prospective clients. And then I ended my tenure there managing a number of different operational type roles and data reporting teams on how we're performing in the field as well as sell through on very specific products. And so. I came to VertiFOR on this journey mainly because I wanted to get more dedicated into products and data. I had actually applied for two roles at VertiFOR, and I chose this one because it was centered around data to begin with because, you know, I think forging ahead and building new capabilities all starts with the data itself. So,
0: Agreed. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say there's a lot of opportunity around data at VertiFOR. Yeah. So, uh, Jace, tell me a little bit about your background and why you chose. Uh, to come and lead the strategy for our large brokers and agencies. That's a that's a complex strategy. A lot of them are going through a big change right now, and so you've kind of got this balance between guiding the technical conversation, but you know, building those relationships. Why 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 here? Why Vertifor?
1: Um, it's a great question. I I actually don't have an insurance background. I actually come from the advertising and marketing technology um, ecosystem, sort of back pre-Facebook IPO, Twitter IPO, we helped, you know, make a lot of those um, companies figure out how to monetize their data through measurement campaigns and things like that. So I spent quite a bit of my career in the advertising and marketing ecosystem. Um, Common theme here, big data, I manage one of the largest third party data ecosystems out there in the market. Worked closely with um, some other folks here on the call in a prior life as well. uh, really, really enjoyed that space, and, and really found that fascinating. Um, I, I made a pivot to Vertifor about two years ago because of the opportunity um, here. I saw, a, I saw a lot of common commonality to sort of where things were in the advertising and ad tech ecosystem about 12, 15 years ago, and the need to sort of consolidate, change, disrupt, provide transformation and as a product leader. It's like a dream come true to be able to do that. And so to be able to apply a lot of the thinking that that existed over in that high tech, very fast moving space to insurance um, was a really cool opportunity. The second big reason was just the connectivity to the users here. I've never seen it in my career and product, how engaged and involved the users are um, for these products and insurance. It's like a giant family and I love it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a big believer in, you know, problem driven development. So being able to have those conversations and be very upfront with customers about things is just it really is a dream come true. So it's it's that's really the big shift for me.
0: See now you didn't tell me that you had a marketing background. <laughs> I'm sure do of <laughs> just finding this out this the PowerPoints make so much more sense now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I just want to tell you about some of the stuff that, that I built that, that you're probably using today. <laughs> so
0: That's awesome. Dude, that's awesome. Definitely want to grab a cup of coffee on that at some point. We'll go deep on
1: that (laughs) one day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. Um, All right, So I'm going to start with you here. Uh, You know, Vertifor is making a really, this is a big move um, to to transform or modernize the uh, tech foundation that we have. And I think it's important to be honest and realistic, and uh, you know, look in the mirror and say, well, if we're modernizing, that means we're coming from somewhere, and that from somewhere has some challenges. Namely, we have tech debt, which I think, you know, if you were to take a microscopic view of Verta 4 and say, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're at, you know, we're in 2023 and things just aren't moving fast enough, or the tech isn't exactly where I want it to be, or it doesn't look exactly how I want it to look. You know, I know that sometimes it's easy to see the flaws in things, right? Um, I think it's important to step back and say, well, there's a lot. You know, first of all, it's very difficult to build a lot of the technology that we have. We've seen a lot of startups try. There's a lot of complexity to it and years and years and years of maturity that you just can't skip uh, because you believe and you care and you're passionate. Uh, Now, with that maturity comes the complexity and the tech debt. And so we've got this moment in time where, or, or this opportunity where we've had to say, all right, now we've got to leap forward instead of step forward and that's really this modernization. And the term I've heard used thrown around is platforming. And I don't know if that's the right term here because <laughs> you're, the, you're the guy, I'm, I'm just the messenger. Um, but is that the right term? How would you describe this modernization and what it really means and how, what the journey is gonna be like for Vertifor?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's important to kind of look at some of the how I kind of talked a little bit about Vertifor and, and sort of how it came to be. Right. And You look at sort of Vertifor being built. I mean, we've acquired countless number of companies over the years and, and, and as through that, right, really focused in on continuing to develop the products themselves sort of very much from, a, you know, we're going to develop what we need to do in a powerful roadmap around this product, a powerful roadmap around this product. And, and we've been very successful there. Um, what we're what we're seeing in the industry, and I think this is part of the course, is that, you know, especially with this platformizing that you're calling it, or platforming that you're calling it, I mean, really thinking true SaaS, right? And how, how do you move to a more SaaS-like ecosystem, which allows you to really the products are just the functions at the end of the day, and they're providing you a service to really manage throughout your workflow right? and your life cycle that you you need those products for, right? From an insurance perspective, right? Lead to a policy being quoted, generating that policy, getting it bound by the carriers, submitted it off to, you know, quote for carriers, come back, and all that through Vertifor happens through many different products today. And so when we look at some of the you call it tech debt. I look at it as opportunity, um, to be honest, um, to really think about creating a foundation that we can build upon, right? And so that's really what we're doing, right? We're really focusing in on how do we create a foundation of commonality, of common things that we can build upon so that we can really move faster, more efficient, and really create more powerful use cases that we couldn't even dream of before in a sort of siloed environment. and so that's really, really the effort we're going down on it. And that platformizing um, that you talked about, you know, it's funny. I've, I don't know if I've ever heard that term, but um, the, the SaaS flip over that we're doing really is focusing on creating those foundations. Then you go there's there's many layers of platforming that you can do, um, you know, all the way down to the infrastructure, to sort of the data, which I'm sure August will get into a little bit here, you know, to the to the UI that the users interact with, right? All that there's multiple layers of, of a platform that we're focusing on, and so that's really what we're all about right now. Hmm.
0: Ralph, do you think uh, the term "platform" is accurate, or <laughs> as <laughs> you've got you you see a lot of companies go through this, right? Come to Amazon and say, "All right, we want to modernize. What? How? How do you? What, what are the right terms here?"
3: Well, certainly we've heard the word "platform" used by so many different companies, including our own, and you know before I ever came to AWS. Yeah, I think um, it can be used and expressed in different ways, but it's certainly a, it, it's certainly a um, an option and a way to build into a SaaS orientation if you weren't SaaS to begin with and pretty much you know most companies are going to move to that and have been moving in the past several years so you can platform your architecture and where you on sitting on top of that platform you can take the components that you built and i see this with a variety of what i would call companies have been who have that tech debt um, can't just trip out everything and start from ground zero um, you know, uh, I think uh, August, you were talking about you working in the telco industry, so um, and there's technical debt out there, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I reflect back on when I knew something in the industry before I got a lobotomy um, on, the, on, the, on the business <laughs> side, so to speak, I was working for um, AT&T Bell Laboratories, so, and I worked for um, Kent, uh, under the same area that Ken Thompson and Dennis Ritchie, now I'm really putting some gray hair in. On, but they invented Unix and C and C plus plus. So I had, and there was like four thousand PhDs, and we thought we were so far ahead of the curve. And then I left and I joined Sun Microsystems, who invented Java. And I look back in the '90s on those two elements, and I'm thinking, well, how do people build off of that? Which was the most modern networking approach to things <laughs> and to replatform what we're trying to do today with all the services and cloud native approaches that say a- 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 AWS and our competitors are approaching on i think it's a challenge and it's probably a lot easier for a cloud native tech, you know or fintech or any kind of tech that's beginning in their industry to run cloud native and say, I'm not burdened with that. But eventually, you know, they're going to run at the same things over time because we're moving so fast in the world of technology, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, generative AI or whatever, that things have to change. So you have to think about things like platforming and APIs. I think the whole concept of APIs may change over the next 10 years. Um, and where integration lies. So I think there's gonna be some challenges and I think um, you just have to be thinking about it in the most effective way. So I'll stop there and um, we can go on, but you know, there's just a lot there that Jace that you had brought up.
1: Yeah, Ralph, you hit on a really good point, which I like, which is, you know, really moving faster, right? And that's really what it's all about, is how do we move faster, right? And, and you have to build that foundation, right, in order to do that and and really get rid of a lot of that technical debt, you know, as people refer to, to be able to do that and to keep up, right, with the technology advancements that are happening in these days. It's it's amazing, right, to see sort of how much has changed and how much continues to evolve. And so how do we do that as a company and how do we do that just in this ecosystem in general is a big part of it and, and what, we're, what we're really focusing on. So I, I like that point uh, around moving faster that you hit know. on
0: would would a good uh use case for moving faster i'm just i'm thinking about all the people out there who hear this term tech debt, and and i have a a high level understanding of it just from you know learning from you guys uh but but a lot of people don't have access to people like you right and so they are hearing you say tech debt probably for the first time um and and what i've seen is okay we want to change something or we want to improve something inside of the solution or the product but when we do that, it's going to affect 30 other things. And some of those things are, you know, we're talking about a jungle of 50 years of development. We may not even be able to get to some of the levels of functionality that it's going to touch when we change this nope. thing. So is, is that what you mean by tech debt, uh, you know, other than the consolidation piece?
1: that's a big part of it. And and I think, you know, really thinking about sort of a product, right. in a siloed mentality, right. You know, that's why when you kind of bring up the term tech debt, I don't really look at it as that, right. When it was built at the time, it was the latest, and greatest data, you know, set of stuff. Now we're at a point where, you know, things have just continued to move and evolve and we've, you know, acquired more companies and, and, and we as an organization are really thinking portfolio, right. It's not just about, a single product. It's about how that product interacts with all these other products. And as you develop the roadmap and really uncover the technical components of that, right? when you do something over here, it's likely going to impact something over here. And so we, we ask ourselves those questions constantly and say, how do we, how are we, how do we get smart about this? Right? How do we really think about this in a very thoughtful and pragmatic way so that we can, we can deliver on the most value as quickly as possible. Are we gonna eliminate all that tech debt? No, right? It, it, it's, <clears throat> if someone ever told you that, they're they're, they're crazy, right? Um, okay. What was tech debt yesterday is not tech debt you know, tomorrow. It, it, right. it, it, it changes so fast. So that's the big shift is really towards that more portfolio thinking where you start to look at the things that are considered tech debt and ask the question, what do we need to do to standardize this to a common framework? So it's that we're always able to keep up with the latest and greatest
0: makes sense i'm hearing this sort of bifurcation of initiatives as we talk through the modernization one one is more what i would call like the front end the ui the ux uh, piece and then the other part is the data you know the belly and uh, august i know you're doing so much work around the centralization strategy Um, talk to me about what that looks like and 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 i think really why it's important um because we can get into i'm sure essays of really cool yeah, yeah. you know technical <laughs> diatribes but why <laughs> <laughs> like ultimately why is it meaningful for the end user
2: well i, I think the interesting part is we are probably have taken like our first steps in a data transformation strategy in parallel with how we're working with aws and so like, if, we, if you were to use, like, you know, like, you know, trying to get to Mordor, we've barely left the Shire right now, right, in terms of, like, what we're doing. Um, but investing time in our data extraction strategy and approach, like, and I know we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, is, is going to allow us to get our data into a place where you talk about what Jace is talking about with, you know, that platform strategy cross product integration and being innovative on that front and not having as much tech debt to keep those things going is going to be huge for us. And so putting the time in now is going to like in complementing the AWS migration is going to allow us to move faster. And like, I kind of think about it in terms of like, we're slowing down a little bit to speed up because we will actually start to be able to be out in front of some of our client requests and also be having clients think about the request they're asking and presenting it to them in terms of a new way in which we we believe it should be developed. And that that, that helps us a ton mm. um, to kind of skate to where the puck's going to be a little bit.
0: Well, I know you and I are going to talk in detail about <laughs> the data yeah. story and, and how all that's coming to life. So for those of you guys listening to this podcast, stay tuned. There's an even deeper dive that we're going to get into <laughs> for, for those of you who are maybe somewhat sadistic around wanting to understand the modernization of technology. I think it's really cool. Um, but for now, um, let's save that conversation. And um, Jace, what, you know, obviously this idea of modernization is really important. Uh, we've chosen to, to move on to the cloud. We've got this data centralization strategy that's coming together. We needed to find a partner in order to, to make it happen and come to life. Why didn't we just go with, you know, modernizeyourtech.com or platformyourtech.com?
1: It's a great question. I, I think you just kind of hit on it a little bit in terms of the partner um, comment you made, right? We could have chosen any number of vendors, right, to support our infrastructure. There's a dime a dozen out there, right? they you know, name your cloud provider here, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of them. Obviously, you know, they they have and flow every day, it feels like, and who, who's available. But really focusing in on the partner aspect of it was a big reason for sort of why we decided to go down the path with Amazon and um, specifically, you know, AWS. And and I I emphasize that because, you know, core values here at Vertifor are very much focusing on that partnership mentality, right? We focus in on looking out for the user, thinking about the user, the what's best for that end user. How do we solve for meaningful problems, right? Really focusing on that. I know Amazon has a lot of the same behavior and thinking. And so it was a very natural and mutual fit for us in terms of, you know, thinking through collectively in that partnership mindset, how do we solve not just as a cloud, right? You know, we could have taken our data, our infrastructure really anywhere, right? But it was bigger than that. And and thinking about the disruption that we can create in this industry, who's best suited to do that? Who's best suited to do that with us, more specifically. And so that's, that's, one of the bigger reasons, right, at the end of the day, and we can go into tons and tons of little detail as to some of the other things, but at a macro level, that was the biggest part of it.
0: Hmm. Ralph, I have to be honest. I did not know that Amazon had a cloud-based services uh, arm. That was very new to me, because when I think of Amazon, (laughs) I think of, I'm going to get the, you know, Raisin bran, or the book that I wanted to read, or that weird hat that I really want, in like 2.5 hours, delivered to my front doorstep in this beautiful box. That's what I think of Amazon as. And learning more about Amazon Web Services and, and Amazon, it's been it's been interesting. Um, What I wanna be careful of here is not to, though, not to get caught up in the Amazon headline, because I think this industry has had some experiences in the recent past where um, there's been that headline partnership, and we've been sort of, you know, wooed and charmed into believing that because of that, man, there must be this amazing, you know, outcome and result. And I think, you know, while on the one side, one of the reasons I came to Vertifor is because I felt like the story wasn't being told and I wanted to get the story of all these different, you know, initiatives that are happening out into the market. I'm also, you know, I respect the company quite a bit for not going out to the headlines and doing press releases about some of this stuff, right? And saying, hey, we're just here to do the work and make the technology better and that's what we care about at the end of the day. So. Make, give me, let's just take the Amazon name off for a sec, you know, take the, take the AWS name off for a sec, um, reverse the lo- lobotomy, and give me the, the deep dive on why, what, what makes Amazon special in the, the cloud-based services world?
3: Yeah, that's a lot to peel back the onion on, uh, Sid. So, uh, but I, I probably, uh, I always think, best corporations and businesses and i I, before i joined i spent eight years with uh, another terrific business with terrific core values so i you know and if you look at amazon before so aws was formed 17 years ago in uh, 2006 and it was all uh, an output from a lot from andy jassy who wrote something called the prfaq be glad to explain that but that's our investment (laughs) internal process um but it really stemmed from and and, you know i mean if you think about it amazon's only 12 years older than that so i don't know are we middle-aged um in the business I, i i'm not quite certain on how you describe that um but in the last 17 years i mean Look what's happened and it's like, I don't know the exact number so don't quote me here, but it's like eighty thousand employees and eighty billion in run rate in mm. terms of business so enormous growth and um, a lot some people say uh, Amazon web Services oh so you you, you, you do um, web pages for the uh, for the industry you know <laughs> yeah, not really you know and, and um, you know so even my wife didn't know who. Amazon Web Services Wars before she's a non-techie so she was asking so what do you guys really do and um, but here here to me and I think to a lot of people it begins with your DNA and I think Jeff Bezos not that he's not that I know well he's kind of moved on to Blue Origin his uh, space company and you know he's he's moving into outer space and we're doing the more mundane things in life but in any <laughs> case the real obviously a brilliant man um, and uh, he he founded the company on leadership principles core values essentially and those leadership principles and I always reflect on four or five you know customer obsession working backwards from the customer I'm learning those things that he really put forward to the Amazon side of the house. What does that mean for the AWS business customer? And I think culture, DNA, um, leadership principles, I don't care what company you're in. If they don't ma- match up and they're not significant and the, and the core leaders of your company aren't working on those, then ultimately, yeah, you, you could probably have a successful company for a while. But to get to 20, 30 years, you need good leadership. You need really good leadership principles. And I think that's where I'm I'm based on um, uh, both for my life and for uh, the business side. And I think AWS does a pretty damn good job of it. I'm not saying other folks, all of us. And I want our partners to leverage off of that. And however we can co-build around some of those principles, I think would benefit us and then ultimately working backwards from our industry customers, whether it's agents, you know, I've been a broker, um, uh, you know, an underwriter, all those folks are looking to us to help achieve their goals in life. And hopefully they have similar core values, whether you're at the, you know, call it the all States or, you know, the nationwide, just to pay Liberty mutuals, whatever they are, those core values, and it's, it'd be it'd string those together that's really an important element of building the best business environment in in, in the world.
0: Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah. And I, I I do want to add to like, when you talk about the core values and going to Jace's partnership, like we started this podcast late because I was late because you have AWS (laughs) folks on site that are very (laughs) diligently asking the right questions about our data strategy. And I finally told him, I was like, Hey, I have to run, but I, I will be back. And, (laughs) <laughs> they have their sleeves rolled up right now in a conference room with us and they are engaged. And I think that that's the one thing I like from a like a pure working relationship perspective of where the rubber meets the road. They are help, helping us lean in to
1: optimize how we're leveraging AWS for our data strategy and overall platform. Hmm. Yeah, August, you hit on a, a probably the biggest point that I look at from this partnership or last two years that I've seen is just we're helping figure out and collectively figure out like there's a problem. Here, this customer's facing this challenge. What can we do collectively to solve it? Right. And 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 I I, I know that Amazon is, is rolling up their sleeves, AWS specifically is rolling up their sleeves and building things that we can lean on, right, to help transform this industry, you know, or tools that we can leverage to help maximize the value of our own products. So take some of the reporting solutions, right, that we, we have out there, right? We're not gonna rebuild our reporting solutions, we're going to leverage best in breed technology, right, powered by QuickSight from Amazon, right, and, and, and working closely with them to, you know, work through the challenges that exist within in that product and what they can do to help make it better. We work very close with the QuickSight product team, as an example. Um, as, as we see challenges in the market, we're directly connecting with them and saying, hey, we need this, right, this is a feature to create value for our customers. And that's just one small example of so many things that we can start to take advantage of with this partnership. It's not just about the infrastructure, like I mentioned it before, right? It's, there's a ton of technology and capabilities that we can start, to, that exist today. And I'm sure um, you, know, you can speak to it a little bit, um, but that's a big part of this. And so we're trying to take a macro level look at all those toolkits and say, as we're building up this platform, maybe some of those common things that we build out are powered by the tools that Amazon has already built versus reinventing the wheel, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. a big part
3: of it um, for us as well.
0: So I'm here. Hey, curious. could I add something there? Oh my gosh, yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh,
3: and and so everything that we're talking about leads me, and we, 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 we use this phrase, think big a lot as part of our kind of principles, take ownership and stuff. So ultimately you know when we get all the you know the uh, the basic blocking and tackling done together which is going to take a bit but during that you know we should have we should have another swim lane next to that saying what can we do together to think big for the for the agents and and brokers and our and our common customers um let's not limit ourselves and i think it's our responsibility again to get into a room and maybe with some of your, you know, our common customers, your customers and, and I'm sure you do that anyway, but um, you also have us to sit in there with you as a co-partner and maybe, you know, I, I just think we owe it to ourselves and in the industry to think larger than ourselves. And that requires um, that requires commitment, um, consistency, cooperation, all the things that a good partnership and relationship require but it also thinks you know thinking out of the box a little bit and uh, again working backwards from the from needs of the industry not just tomorrow but you know 5 years from now yeah and we'd love to have we'd love to do that with you and with our common customers here
0: well i think it helps that you've got the experience specifically in insurance too you you as a person as well like they've clearly hired intentionally to make sure that we you know they've got experience with not just the web services side of things but also in different verticals so that's really exciting and cool and I I think I'm hearing you've got world-class infrastructure right so yeah sure you could go find web services or cloud-based services from someone else but go to the best Um, but that's sort of the baseline right and so then what really takes things to the next level and makes this special is the partnership the, the business case, your reputation, longevity, you know, the unique uh, experience you have in the insurance industry. But I know there's also a technical side and Jace mentioned this with the, the services specifically. Um, I, I, I know you had mentioned at one point that you have over 200 services that are available to be used. Uh, could you go into more detail around what some of those services are and, and even some that are being used in the insurance industry currently?
3: Oh, there's so many um, great question, and 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 I'm sure you, um, Jason August, you're exploring all those. Um, you know, insurance begins, um, or I'd say financial services. I spent a little time in capital markets in New York as well, which is super data dependent. Um, I got <laughs> bored with insurance for a few years, don't <laughs> so I went on the on the on the cap market side, which you know they they weigh their decisions in, in nanoseconds. You know, and insurance is kind of the counterpart to that, and they weigh their decisions more from the risk side long-term. And I try to reflect on both, and I just see what what, uh, Goldman Sachs is doing, you know, one one of the pure leaders in the global financial industry, and what they're doing with their Goldman Sachs financial cloud on AWS, and really monetizing data. So it starts from the crown jewels of the financial services industry, and in August, I think, you know, you're leading into that. But the data in the industry um, and across financial services um, has been siloed for you know decades. Um, it's still siloed for the most part. How do how do we um, open up those silos? Uh, and so for AWS, a lot of our initiatives have, have been around. Data lakes um, and something called Redshift. We'll get into that. Um, some of, uh, there's literally hundreds of names here, but <laughs> where you can t- where you can you know mesh data in large amounts from different e- external and internal internal systems, whether it's your policy admin system or whether it's some um, maybe you're pulling data in from Verisk or you know Lex- you know the the industry leaders in collecting data. But there's so much more and being, them being able to slice and dice of that with kind of the what we call SageMaker tools, just like it sounds. It's, you know, being smart about uh, of things and, and then being able to use that in terms of what, what every insurer wants to do and what every business and financial services, cap markets, uh, banking or otherwise. And that's to predict the future. how fast can you predict the future with the data that you have and so much of our data i'm doing a lot of work on cyber insurance right now where there is no past it's only today (laughs) in the future and there's mounds of this dark web data combined with you know um, business data and it doesn't fit any actuarial models in the past so you know there's no i can't build on this stuff i have to like Think differently when I was saying think big um, um, that that's one area that I think we could allude to so it's data you know prediction um, every insurer wants to be able to get ahead of that curve and it's not only prediction you know I put my old underwriting hat on it's not only that prediction um, you know you want to be able to you know price rate um, you know risk properly you know you, you want to eliminate the risks that are bad and you want to use that data to that effect. And I think, and then the other side of it is, use the data to get better insights. So a lot of what we've done on both data and insights have taken, we've taken some of the tools at Amazon. So Sid, you know, you've been talking about that, um, exactly what, what, you know, what did Amazon bring to the table? Well, they were doing that with the customers and you brought it up, you know, individual customers and consumers. A lot of those techniques were brought forward um, into AWS and now applied to our business customers. Mm-hmm. And, and I think all of those are the necessary ingredients to go forward in good yeah. business, business context. Again, well, with I, think th- I, th- I think? I think to take
2: th- your, what you just said and put it in the context of Vertifor, we have an extremely talented data science director and team that really works and builds um, some predictive capabilities but they're under the risk match data set and products and when we think about this extraction piece and you know deploying new features faster chad's going to get his hands on that data set in aws across all the different things and if you think about deploying new features in the velocity that jace was talking about you know those are the features that we're thinking about that he would didn't get his hands on his team would get his hands on to bring that forward so future podcast topics, Sid is getting Chad on here just to put that plug in and just talk about all the advanced capabilities that we can do that some clients may not be thinking of um, in
1: general. Simply put right moving it to more of a guide me mentality versus and and being able to you know help you know help me versus me having to figure it out right I think that's there's that's a big shift right that I think we're starting to see um, in the industry I mean you talk about the risk prediction stuff, I mean, insurance, you know, shifting away from being a, I have to know what I want versus being more of a risk-centered mentality, no, this is what you need. I mean, here in Colorado, an example of like fires that came up, you know, not too long ago are forcing a lot of customers, myself included, right, to even ask the question like, am I insured enough? I shouldn't have to ask that, right? Mm-hmm. I, it should be very upfront for me as a customer, right? Of somebody, and so I think that's where a lot of the data that that that, that we're leveraging, you know, through the 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 powers of what we have with Amazon, what um, what August and team are are doing with the data lakes and the data modeling, like all that starts to lead towards more of that guide me um, concept, which is is a huge shift, right? But a good one and an important one.
0: I mean, listen. I've seen refrigerators that can tell you when you're out of milk. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> my my favorite example is Google Maps. Like, I get in the car, right, and I, I don't have to do anything. Right? It just tells me it's going to take you 10 minutes to get to this destination. It's it's yeah. a guide me, right? It's yeah. it knows me. It's predictive, um, and that's such a it's such an important aspect of of, of especially insurance, right? As we're moving towards um, more modern technology and really thinking differently. Mm-hmm.
3: I was just going to say, I'd love to show, you know, we could probably go down the IoT route as (laughs) well for at least (laughs) an hour. Um, We have the whole division focused on that. But um, so I I was uh, listening to somebody else, a major player in the industry, an executive talking about uh, IoT two weeks ago and uh but the numbers are astounding and i've been working on this uh, internationally a little bit not as much as i am doing uh, working on the cyber piece because i think we the, the 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 cloud companies all of the cloud companies have to operate in a better way in that sense because um there's too many bad actors out there but on the iot side there's about uh, i think today there's something like uh, 20 iot devices per person on the planet which is like 200 billion, but the expectation is 20 trillion um, in a few years and 20 trillion is 2,000 devices per person. That's two orders of magnitude greater than what we have today So we don't even have the you know, so to analyze that instantaneous nanosecond data coming at us. Let's say we're using water sensors in in um, you know your homes, water sensors in commercial buildings, which is the most frequent source of property claims. Just a simple thing like that, um, and, and you're going to be we're going to be collecting mountains of data instantaneously. We'll literally probably need quantum computing and qubits to process this. No one's at that level um, at this point. And by the way, quantum computing, and um, we might we might be tapping into. Um, what is it, black holes at some point, because they're the pieces. I mean, talk about the future here, you know, um, in terms yeah. of being able to to process mounds of data. And it is partially the data. And can we use that to improve our lives? So, again, can it ward off, you know, a, a water leak in your home when you're off on vacation? You can't, you're not there. Mm. You can't see it. Or even, you know, we had a water, we thought we had a water leak in our in our attic here, And um, we had to call someone in and say, you know, is it actually leaking from? But, you know, wouldn't it be great if somebody just if there were sensors up there because you can't get up there easy. I'm just giving you my example, um, which Mm -hmm. happened recently. And I'm going, well, we can't get up there. I I can't. I'm not going to crawl through that little hole. And even if you do, you can't eyeball it. So wouldn't it be great to have things like that? You know, the car of the future, there's a bunch of sensors in a car. Um, wouldn't it be great if an insurance company could say I know where that accident is at the minute that it occurs um, where it occurred maybe who was in the car um, and how much damage occurred on it and within 20 maybe 24 minutes not 24 hours you got a check out to the claimant I just think there's so much area that we can help (laughs) our agents and insurers on that we're just you know we're, we're still a few years away but um, mm-hmm. think about the possibilities here,
1: well, and that foundation right to create the connectivity right is so important right as you think of all these these crazy, complicated world and the new devices and, and the amount of stuff that we're continuing to do, you don't have that foundation set up to connect all that stuff in a seamless way. you're not ever going to be able to take advantage of it, right, and so that's a big part, just kind of bringing it back to that whole platform concept it's that's a big part of it, right? We set ourselves up. So that we can think bigger, right? We can think beyond, right? What we can think about today, what is the, what is the change that we can create? What are those creative things? I mean, that would be awesome if I get a check for something twenty-four minutes after I had an accident. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, but that's that's the core crux of this whole thing is is how do we take advantage of all that technology, right? And move at the same pace and the same speed, or as close as possible to it as things are continuing to develop and market and, and think differently about it and think bigger. So that's a big kind of tying that all back, right? It, it's kind of see, right, from, from sort of why this is such a big shift for, for us and why we're
3: doing it. So.
0: That, well, that yeah, was we, going to be my... We can opinion.
3: imagine the future, but we still have to bring it back to the foundation. So we have to do both, you know, continually imagine, but, you know, build all the fundamentals. Sorry, Sydney,
0: I no, you you wrapped that up much better than I did. So I appreciate it. Um, (laughs) And I guess, you know, just to conclude to, to Jason, August, there's a lot of opportunity here. There's a lot of hope uh, for, you know, I think about my dad's agency my brother's taking it over. My brother can't run the same agency my dad's been running. He's got to run a different agency. And today the biggest. Uh, opportunity and challenge for him is going to be technology so for you know where where are we at today in terms of getting to this new world um and i i guess to to tee up here because i think what's before i came to vertifor i used to be one of those people who said why can't they just move faster why can't they just build this stuff you know in in like the snap of your fingers and what i've learned is that there is so much thought intentionality road mapping planning bringing teams together how does this affect within you know products within Vertifor, outside i mean you have to think about so many different things and then you have to go build it and execute it and things go wrong cuz we're only human and now you're you know sort of you know, you're, you're moving forward, but maybe at a slightly different pace. So there's just so much complexity in this world that I don't think people can really understand unless you, you step into it. Um, so I do just want to say that to, to those agencies who are um, listening. But where are we at today in terms of that foundation? When do you think that, you know, is, is going to be at a point where we can start bringing in some of these more creative uh, innovations?
1: I mean, from my perspective, I mean it, it's it's our, it's already here in many cases, right? We we've created what I I use I like to use the term the flywheel effect, right? So you know you're on a rower, right? It takes that first couple pulls, they're they're hard, right? As soon as you get that flywheel spinning, it's cranking, right? And you can just doesn't require as much to keep that same momentum going. We're there, right? We've we've made those hard pulls, and now what we're doing is really taking advantage of that flywheel effect now and really bringing together our products in such a way where we can start to think differently. Right. And now this is gonna, you know, be something that evolves, you know, over time. But this is not something that is all of a sudden, oh, and on this date, you know, a year from now, this is when it's all gonna be it's here, right? We've already moved many of our products to AWS. We've already incorporated some of the, the technology that AWS brings to the table, like QuickSight for benefit point, right? We're already taking advantage, and August can take, speak more of the best, some of the data stuff. It's here, right? And, and that's the big thing to keep in mind is that now we can start to be like, hey, how do we think differently now? And so that's where a lot of our brains, you know, August and I are spending a lot of time in how does this change things, right? Um, because that flywheel, actually, we've, we've created, and it's, it's, it's now spinning.
0: Wonderful. Guys, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you carving out time to share the story of what's going on. I know that you can start to see it come to life with Jace, your products, with Sagita and Benefit Point and, uh, you know, WorkSmart and August, a lot of the uh, machine learning updates that have been coming out with RiskMatch. But again, just being able to shine a light on everything that's going on is is amazing so thank you guys and ralph you're awesome man i just i'm so <laughs> glad i got to spend some time with you and i hope this isn't the last time
3: it will be i think if we're going to do something here said so, you know we should be doing this once a year and we should have something that we can bring to the table next year or six months from now, whatever that might be. And I know next week we're going to have a workshop together. Um, uh, this is th- that will be a really good follow-up on this conversation, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, like August mentioned, we're teams here today from you know Amazon. There's 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 actually more next week, so it, it goes back to that partnership, right? We've really created a really meaningful partnership, and I'm beyond excited about the opportunity it's going to create you know, for this industry, to be honest. And that's really what it boils down to. So thank you, Sid.
0: Hmm. Well, you you heard it first. Uh, We've already got two more podcasts in the the (laughs) quiver here. Chad coming on on the data science side and Ralph is coming back next year. Uh, So if you haven't hit subscribe yet on the YouTube channel, all of our podcasts are filmed, which means you can see our beautiful faces, not just be serenaded by our voices. Uh, Hit subscribe on Channel Orange. And of course, we stream all of the podcasts on your favorite platform, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your cup of tea is. I'm not judging here. So make sure that you hit subscribe and new episodes will be delivered to you first. We'll see you on the next one.